Hey, Eric Music here. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show. And if you enjoy this podcast or it has even helped your business in any way, then I'd ask you to please consider supporting the show by visiting the subscriptionboxshow.locals.com. Any dollar amount would be a blessing to us. Thank you so much for considering. All right, we're here today with the founder of Blue Sky Scout and it is a doom-free preparedness box. So we're going to get into that. So welcome to the show, Jenny Piper. For those who have uh, never heard of Blue Sky Scout, which would be more likely than not because you actually haven't launched yet. And we're going to get into that and why we have you here today explaining that process. But for those who have never heard of you and your subscription, maybe give us a quick uh, snapshot of what that is. Yeah, thanks, Eric. So Blue Sky Scout will help women build their emergency kits one month at a time. So when someone subscribes, they're going to receive them in the mail each month a box of emergency preparedness supplies, including at least one cute or fun item. And at the end of the 12-month series, they're going to have a comprehensive kit to prepare for most emergencies they're likely to face. Love it. So we're going to get into all that because I'm fascinated by this, especially with everything going on in the world. Some people right. think people like are crazy if they're, you know, they call them preppers or whatnot. So right. um, <laughs> maybe the first question is, is this like a preppers box or is this something more lighthearted than that? Nope. This is more lighthearted. I mean, it's, I call it prepping for normals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are not the survivalist. We are not the, not even the homesteaders, definitely not the survivalist doomsday preppers. I think like you and me, although I don't know, you're, you're in the middle of nowhere. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're more prepped than I am. Right. So it's people who say, oh, I've been thinking about getting prepared. And this is one way that they can get prepared for most emergencies. We're not going to be sending guns and, and knives. Yeah, we're not building, you're not going to be showed how to build a bunker necessarily, but what's going to right. happen is it's for everyday emergencies. You know, the power goes out, maybe big storm right. hits, you're on the you're on the west coast there in Seattle. So maybe you know, so who knows what could happen, right? Like the yeah, next earthquakes. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Earthquakes, tsunamis, whatever. And then people, you know, stuff happens, life happens, Mother Earth happens, and all of a sudden you have, you know, you're stuck not being prepared. And that can have a variety of things. So maybe we'll talk about what's in the box that's upcoming. So, but before all that, your subscription box. Jenny's not even launched yet, right? So, I mean, right. maybe take us to how you all started because the reason I wanted you on the show is that there's a lot of people that have an idea, a great idea. There's a lot of great ideas or and then they get stuck, right? So maybe they're stuck because there's a fear of starting, there's a fear of failure, there's a fear of success. There's a fear that my idea has already been taken. So there's not enough room for everyone. So let's go into your early stages. You had an idea. What was the next step after that? Like, What got you eventually just to start your subscription? So I had this idea several years ago. At the time, it wasn't a subscription model. I was working part-time at the time. I've been in marketing for over 20 years. And at, at that time, um, with my kids younger, I was working part-time. And I thought, well, this would be a great time to start a business. And I had two ideas. One was emergency supplies. The other was going to be really cool. It was I called it the art gym. And it was going to be a gym where people could go and create art and get a good workout at the same time. Interesting. Which yeah. Sounds really fun. And I hope someone does it sometime because I want to go to that gym. So this Blue Sky Scout idea came because I had, for about three years running, put an emergency kit on my wish list and nobody ever bought it for me. Hmm. So 
one year I asked my husband and my mom, why didn't you ever get this for me? My husband said, oh, I didn't think that you really wanted it. And my mom said, well, I didn't think it was a very fun gift. So (laughs) what my mom said really, really got to me. And you know what? It's not a fun gift. And so I really started thinking about that and started thinking about how we can get people into preparedness without getting them thinking down the doomsday path or saying, I'm not going to do this because it is not fun. So my thought was to create my own line of emergency supplies that are visually appealing. You know, being in marketing, I know how important that the appeal to the senses is. And um, so at the time I started researching how to create my own line of something. And I started reselling some kits at the time so that I could learn the business a little bit. That ended up failing because one, I had little kids. (laughs) Two, (laughs) the barriers to entry for creating my own line and the manufacturing and everything was just more than I was prepared to deal with at the time. So Fast forward to last year, turned 45. I'm sorry. No, I wish I turned 45. I turned 49. (laughs) 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 And saw the big 5-0 coming. And so kind of really sad and thought, you know, I've always wanted to have my own business. I want to be the boss. I want to see my ideas come to life. Mm. And then at the same time, you know, you saw all these terrible things happening in the world as far as natural disasters, so much flooding, so many wildfires happening. And um, it looked like a good time to start not only from a business standpoint, but to help people as we're going into this new world of what we've done to the earth and what the earth is now doing to us. So from there, I started looking at how to distribute these emergency kits. And Rewind a little bit. The days when I was first looking at this idea, I was a foster parent. We had one little foster baby who we got at 12 days old, and um, he is now my son. He is seven years old, and we finally ended up being able to adopt him when he was four and a half. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, so at the time, I taught um, several workshops for foster families about preparedness. I had done some training in preparedness. And as I think, oh gosh, what is her name? Amy? She does Porterfield? Yes, Amy Porterfield. Thank you. I think that it's her that she says, you've got to have a 10% edge. (laughs) So (laughs) if you just know 10% more than your audience, I think it was Amy Porterfield. You just need to know basically a little more. Yeah. She, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Right. So so I knew more, probably more than 10%. But so I would go and run these workshops, which were fantastic. And it was really, it ended up being real focus groups for me because the first question that I would ask mm-hmm. was, why don't you prep? Why don't you prepare for emergencies? And the answers I got were really consistent. I got about five different answers. And one of them was, well, the money every month. One of them was, it's overwhelming. Another one was, it's scary. I don't want to think about this. Mm. One was, essentially, it boiled down to, where's the reward in it? When you're shopping for clothes or for anything else that you might shop for other than like groceries, you've got this dopamine hit. 
people are really willing to put off starting the preparedness journey because, uh, in my opinion, other than these other reasons, they don't get that dopamine hit. There's nothing rewarding. You buy something and then you store it away. Where's the fun in that? So between all of those, those all came together in let's make this more fun and let's make it not overwhelming and let's make it easier to stomach on a monthly budget. So that all came together into the idea of a subscription box. Love it. It's a great take on on everything, and I think it's like a it's something that came from your experience, and I think that's how a lot of these ideas come to be. Right, some people have a passion for something or have know a little bit more than anyone else. It doesn't need to be a ton more; just need to have a little bit more and become a leader in that space. So now, you know, it's, it's funny too because you talked you're a marketer for twenty years, and I right. it clicked as soon as you said that because when you were talking when we were talking off air about the Kraken, Seattle Kraken, where you are now, because I'm a obviously a massive hockey fan and knowing that Kraken are in your city now, uh, you said, oh, it's a nice logo. <laughs> and I was like, it is a nice logo, but I just took it as a, as a generic term. But yeah, it makes sense. You looked at that because you're a marketer. So you mentioned it's tough for people to buy. It's probably similar to someone who's in the, um, you know, the funeral space or the you know, lawyers that deal with wills. People don't want to do it because it's offsetting. They don't want to think about it. Um, okay. you know, they don't want to think about the doom that could be potentially involved about that kind of stuff. So they don't put much time thinking about it yet. You know, these things happen in our lives, whether it's a you're in the winter here in the middle of nowhere, like we are, and the power goes out for a day, a two, a week, sometimes ice storms, whatever. So being prepared is important. Now, challenge as a marketers, or you know, let's back up. Let's talk about the manufacturing because you touched on that. You tried to manufacture your own products. Is that still something you're actively seeking and doing? Not actively at this point. I have found enough emergency supplies or things that could work as emergency supplies that are fun, cute, kitschy, that can add that fun dopamine (laughs) aspect to the box. My hope is eventually someday to create a line, but right now I'm really excited about the subscription box. Yeah. So the subscription box. So tell us the kind of products you're having. How did you start curating the products? You wanted to have it actually with stuff that's actually going to work and help people prepare, but you also want to make it fun. So maybe you just give us an example of a box you're you're kind of thinking of. So we're going to start with an essentials box. So those would be a lot of things that you would find in your typical three-day kit. So we're not doing the water or the food, but we would be doing ponchos, those foil emergency blankets, those little pill boxes so that people, if they're, uh, when they need to, if they have prescription medicine, they, they would put a few in there so that if they can't get to the pharmacy, they've got those. And then a couple more things to flesh it out. And then the second box would be first aid. So then you would have a bunch of different things that would come in a first aid kit. And then you might have a cute pair of scissors for your bandages. <laughs> Yeah. And I noticed on the site too, there's like, you know, lights, obviously flares. Right. Uh, what else was there? There's all kinds of like these cool things that I wouldn't have uh, really thought of. I was like, oh my goodness, I need to, you know, em- emergency <laughs> road kits, like all the things that we also have here, just living in a very cold climate. Uh, we always have these emergency kits in our, in our vehicles because if they stop working, you might not have half an hour when it's minus 40 to, to wait right. for the tow truck to come by or whatever. Right. So I once broke down on a dark, snowy highway in Canada. That was fun. <laughs> was it winter or summer? Because in the summer, you're good. It was winter, but it was Southern BC. So it wasn't terrible. Oh, yeah. So then you're, yeah, you're fine. You know what? I'm actually going to backtrack again because I want to go back to the product. So now you decide not to manufacture your own. So how are you sourcing your products? That's a question that comes up a lot, right? It's like, okay, so either I can manufacture them. That seems overwhelming. 
but maybe I can just source them elsewhere. So like, for example, you're going to source some lights or these emergency kits. Where are you looking for these types of products and how are you reaching out to the suppliers? So right now I'm doing a lot of looking on Tundra and Fair, and they have a lot more than you would think. I also look at products that I'm interested in, in my own kits or in the stores. Um, For example, the kitschy stuff. Um, I don't know if you know the brand Kikerland, but they've got a lot of really kitschy, fun products, including some multi-tools. And so I reached out to them just through their website. They have a link for wholesalers. So reached out to them and applied, just said, you know, this is my project. This is why I like Kikerland. Here are a couple of the products that I could see, including in my box. And they got back to me and said, yeah, we'd love to have you. So here are the following steps. And then there are a couple of other many brands that I've reached out to in the same way that are more emergency preparedness oriented. Yeah, I think you make a great point. So the first ones Jenny mentioned were Tundra and Fair. If you've never heard of Tundra and Fair, it's a very low barrier to entry to get into them. You can just go to tundra.com, just Google Fair, F-A-I-R-E. And once you get to those places, they're basically wholesalers. So you're going to get at the very minimum, usually around 50%. So it's a great way to start and to continue, to be quite honest. But it's a great way to start or even to get ideas of what's out there. And I think they're going to accept you pretty much no matter what, because you just pay for the items right then and there. Very low MOQs, minimum order quantities, right? So I think it's a great way to start and to continue your journey into like sourcing products. And then even just if you get ideas from there, sometimes you can Google like-minded businesses from the Tundras and Fairs that you see there and reach out to them directly. Usually they have either a, a contact us where there's a wholesale option. And even if they don't, just like you did, reach out to that company that you like. I forget the name you said, sorry, but like just... Yeah, but and, and then you reach out to them and tell them why you're reaching out with the specific products you're interested in and why you like them, which is what you did. They responded to you. Boom, there's another connection. So great stuff there on. So don't be overwhelmed, folks, I guess is what we're getting at with the sourcing out. It's really not... It's, it's just one little step you take and it really just kind of starts flowing. So the product curation then happens. You're able to source some products for your subscription box. Was the boxes itself and you know, you're in marketing, was the design and the logo something you start off right off the bat or was it more just like, let's just get the concept going first? I did start with the logo. I have not even done the design for the box yet. I have gotten a lot of ideas through a couple of Facebook groups that I'm involved in and plus listening to podcasts. And uh, what I'm planning to do to begin with with the box is just a plain craft brown box with one of those logo tapes around it. Yeah, so I really started with the concept and being from the marketing side, who's the audience? How am I going to niche down? And how am I going to learn about the audience, what their pain points are, and um, speak to them? Yeah. And I think too many people, again, they, they think of the box as the end all and just start with baby steps, right? Start with a plain craft box. That's what we've done right? And we had actually had a rubber stamp. We were rubber stamping our boxes uh, with paint, like literal paint. And then we said, once we hit our goal of, you know, know, I don't know if it was 50 or 100 members, then we're going to switch to printed boxes. So we hit our goals, we switched to printed boxes. And then we said, when we have another goal, we're going to switch to more print, maybe inside the box. And I know Julie Ball also talks about that, where they just actually recently, I think, put print inside the box and even around for a long time with thousands of, of members. So take it in baby steps and keep upgrading. You know, you can communicate that with your your members as well that hey, this is our just kind of our prototype box. And you know, once we hit our goals, we're going to be getting you a nicer box or whatnot. So you're going with the tape. Where did you find your tape? 
I haven't actually bought it yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with Sticker Mule. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things about them. Yeah. Sticker Mule is kind of like a, a big one of those. Any one of those are fantastic to work with. Uh, we do a lot of stuff with um, No Issue, Vistaprint, Sticker Mules. Fantastic uh, when it comes to... And if you're in Canada, I think it's called Canada Stickers or Sticker Canada has another it's very similar if you're in the Canadian market. So, okay. So challenges a marketer, you said people, it's not something they really want to buy. They don't want, they don't want it as a gift either. So what's your biggest challenge maybe as a marketer? I'll finally get to this question here because you've been in marketing for a long time. How is it going to make this attractive to people? to actually want to go out and gift and buy for themselves? Well, we're differentiating from all those ugly red backpacks in the market. (laughs) So the name Blue Sky Scout came from wanting to do something positive. Uh, Blue Sky is obviously positive, as you know, in long Canadian winters, and I'm in the Seattle area, so we have long Seattle winters. And Blue Sky also is what you say when you have the conditions, the blue sky conditions are the best time to plan because you're not planning under an emergency right then. That's right. So that's where the blue sky comes from. And then scout comes from how I see my customers. So the customers are scout. I think of as somebody who's plucky, somebody who's out in front of the rest and will do what they need to do to get things done. So blue sky scout it's not the most descriptive name as far as you know emergency prepping, but I really like how the images it conveys. So that's the first way. Our colors will be or are currently and will be a nice sunshiny yellow and a sort of almost turquoisey blue sky color. And then, as I mentioned before, the items in the box. I'm not only looking for some kitschy, fun, or cute or pretty items to put in, but also the individual regular, you would say, things like ponchos and those emergency blankets. I'm looking for the most attractive packaging and products that I can find for um, that will still give me the profit margins that I need. How do you balance that then? So now, you know, there's slim margins in subscription boxes, especially in the beginning when your MOQs are going to be lower. How are you finding to the pricing? So you've you've found a kind of a niche, you have an idea of who you want to serve, which we actually maybe I got a follow-up question on that as well. But when it comes to the actual margins, which you're talking about, is it scary? Is it scary in the beginning to try to find like your MOQs and the balance of how to price your box competitively, finding a value into the stuff that's going in and still make some money with it? Yeah, it's scary. One of the best things that I heard ever on a podcast was you might not make money from your first box. You might not make money for your first, second, third box. And so that really helped manage my expectations of what I was looking at. I have spent a lot of time. It's really nice. I think a lot of people get an idea and they're ready to move forward on it and they move forward on it, which is fantastic. If you are ready to be in that space, Base, go for it. For me, I was not quite ready there. I had a lot of um, PR work to do with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that I, I work full time in a day job. And so I needed a lot of time in my evenings and on weekends to work this pre launch. So I um, have had time to, a lot of time to look at lots of different products. And so about a month. Or a month and a half ago, I sat down and really took some dedicated time, put down 
at least four, maybe six months worth of boxes and the products that I would like to put in them. I put how much they were going to cost and then included what I thought that the box and packaging and postage would cost and then looked at what my profits were going to be. Not great at the beginning. And really, I was willing to make that profit margin less for the first box, maybe the first couple boxes, hopefully to get people into thinking that it's a good value and a good customer experience. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, everybody, when they first subscribe is going to get the essentials box first and then they'll drop into the next month they'll drop into whatever box that I'm doing whatever doing that I'm doing yeah. right that month so I'm looking at those profit margins I think that at the beginning it's less for the first box it's less than 30 percent and then as I go on some of them are closer to 40 50 percent and then I don't think that I mentioned I'm planning Right now, the plan is to do a flat $5 shipping. Yeah. I mean, shipping is a big one too, depending on the size of your box. In the States, less of a not a thing. I know um, in Europe, it's maybe less of a thing. In Canada, it's a big thing. I'll just show you here. Like The audience can't see this, but this is like uh, a typical kind of just under... Actually, we shrunk our boxes to go even a bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, nine by six by three. A little smaller than that. It's like eight point something by five point something. And that's around $15 on average to ship anywhere in oh. Canada. I mean, it's as high as 22, 25, as low as 11, 10, but it averages out to about $15. So it's crazy. How do you have to like think of the shipping and then your customer acquisition costs? So yes, you might think, right. um, so first off, you're like, you, you nailed it. You're not going to make money on your first, second, third, maybe even fourth, fifth box. It's all about the LTV the lifetime value of a customer when it comes to subscriptions. So you need to kind of price that in that, you know, you're going to start making money on box six, seven. So you got to keep them happy and engaged. And one of the ways we we like to do that, of course, is with, you know, bonus features and and different things. So do you have anything planned outside of the product? So because with subscriptions, it's all about the experience, right? People, yes, the products are going to be good. Yes, you need these things. But are you having anything kind of planned or have you thought of anything to give them that's kind of like a, a bonus on top of the actual product that you can give them for value? Right. My hope is to do videos each month showing the unboxing and and talking about how best to use the different products. I do have a blog that is for anyone, not just subscribers. And that's what I've got right now. I have thoughts about the founding members. I'm hoping to do a duffel bag for them, a branded duffel bag for the founding subscribers. So that's what I've got right now as far as engagement. Yeah. And I keep going on that. That's good stuff there. And I think anytime you can add some bonus things like that, or maybe even start thinking about gating, you know, gated content. So your blogs, which I did read a few of them were great, actually. One of the books I wrote down, I want to read, I think it was the, what was it? The one It was uh, Thomas was the author, Thomas something, the last town on earth or something I'm like oh, oh yes that that's, one. A good that's, one? A, yeah. that's a really good one yeah so i mean maybe start thinking about the, the gated content right so how can you maybe it's just for the members just one of those things they get maybe it, it, so just kind of think maybe it's a facebook group all these different i think i think in this in the niche you're in there's like it's endless opportunity to kind of keep it fun and exciting and, and have a lot of fun things because i think there is a massive niche of people or a preppers and then they can help them get a little more lighthearted about it but b they don't think they're preppers but they still need to 
be prepared for like not the end of the world, but for <laughs> for a storm or whatever that could you know knock out power, like you said, for three days or whatever. So I think um, you have a massive opportunity here to really have a lot of fun with it, but also have you keep them engaged. There are a couple of things. There's some good aspects and some bad aspects to that. So when I first started talking about doing a business in preparedness, everybody I talked to at work would say, oh, I was just thinking about that. Oh, I was hmm. just talking about that the other day. I need to get going with that. It was it was so consistent. So that's great. The downside is I don't have a community of people to go to because there aren't a lot of people who say, I need this, but I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> so Well, True. That might be true. But I think it's all like when it comes to the marketing, how can you... Where are you going to find them, right? Is it going to be Facebook ads? It'll be Google. It'll be SEO. It'll be a little bit of everything. It could be guest posting. It could be Facebook groups. Like I would start on those kind of things. Start scouring YouTube channels. Start scouring TikTok influencers. Instagram influencers to a certain degree. I've sort of not given up on that, but it's more of a vanity metric I find where it's like, oh, it's great to have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but I find it doesn't convert as well. So I think going after people more on TikTok and YouTube this year as we're focusing on, going into Facebook groups and doing contests to have viral engagement, those kind of things, and to just get the word out. So just, But if you're going to do that, just make sure you're going to be contacting whoever the administrator is on that group. But I think you could probably find some groups and from there kind of build on those who already are aware of it and that just are not maybe buying anything about so I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of, of areas you can kind of start there on a low entry price when it comes to like advertising your idea right i have budgeted a fair amount of course for marketing as you probably are not surprised yeah and for I've sure been, <laughs> i've been on pinterest so far i think pinterest is a good opportunity for mm. um, my customer who's interested in the visual aspect and the other part was I've tried a few different times to advertise on Facebook and they don't like it when you are trying to advertise at a time when there are disasters in the world because they have a rule that you can't try to leverage tragedy. Which makes yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But you also have the world's attention. I think with everything going on, their senses are heightened to being a little more prepared. So I think there's also an opportunity there. But I get what you're saying. Facebook wants the best customer experience for their customers, which is us right? using Facebook. So I think um, every time you're kind of pushing um, what they would maybe deem a doomy or more doom on what's going on, it could be maybe a backfire. But yeah, there's. I mean, we could get into Facebook ads and how you could kind of go around that but maybe for another episode or another time. But <laughs> I think there's also a lot of programs out there that can help you on the on the Facebook ad thing. So I don't know where your marketing is. There's a lot of different avenues in marketing, if it's Facebook ads or not. But there's also some fantastic programs that we're actually, we promote on this show all the time, right? Whether it's Julie Ball's Subscription Box Basics, her bootcamp, or it's Liam Brennan's um, Subscription Box Experts Academy. There's all kinds of amazing products. There's actually for planners, for new people, and for the people who are established, there's also a planner that Jessica Prince Bay has out that we're also proudly affiliated with as well. And it's a massive planner. It's not like a little planner. It's a massive planner that kind of helps you just organize and set yourself up for success for this year. So I think we've covered a lot of ground here. This is good. This is good. So people that are, you know, you're thinking you have an idea in your head or you're just starting, don't get too overwhelmed. It's just one little baby step at a time. We've kind of gone through your steps from idea to conception to now getting ready to launch. And we even haven't touched the pre-launch, but there's all the other shows you can listen to that. 